0: Welcome to Soundbreaker. I'm your host, Bob Shammy. and we are about to break the silence. Join me as we go behind the scenes and meet some of the most influential names in the music industry. Get ready for remarkable success stories that break the norms and defy the odds. From dreams to success, from challenges to victory, an exclusive backstage pass into the lives of music trailblazers as they create their own path to success. This is Soundbreaker. Welcome to Soundbreaker. On today's episode, we're talking to Amanda Schupf, who is a groundbreaker in the music industry. Thank you for joining us. And for our listeners who might not be familiar with you, would you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do before we really jump into it more deep. Just give us a little brief.
1: Yeah, of course. Well, it's very nice to be here. Thank you for having me and for reaching out. Um, my name is Amanda, and I currently run a music tech advisory firm um, advising startups, scale-ups, even music tech companies in the growth space um, on various ways to connect with the wider music industry. So my, my goal is to connect the dots between talent and rights um, and music tech and investors as well.
0: Oh, so you also help people raise capital or funding.
1: I do. That's Great. one of the, my main Good. offerings. Yeah, it's a new Good. sort of skill set I've developed over the past several years. Um, but that's definitely something I do. Good.
0: We're going to dig into it later on in the interview deeper, if you don't mind. I no money for oh. you,
2: Bob. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Great. Nobody's going to say no to money. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so let's start with how did you start it or get started in the music industry?
1: Yeah, so I've been a lover of music for a very long time, you know, since since I can remember. Uh, I went to Amherst College and while I was there, I actually got cut from the soccer team and ended up being a DJ in-house at the radio station. So that's how I got into DJing. Um, Did that as well as ended up DJing, um, like the parties and live events and stuff like that. Uh, when I graduated, I came back to New York city. I got a master's from NYU Steinhardt school of education,
0: uh, Mm -hmm. in
1: music tech, but a very different music tech than we speak about now. I would say in the original form of music tech, which is really the, the tools one used to create music.
2: Um,
1: from there, went to Sony Music Studios as an assistant engineer. Um, and I don't think at the time I realized I was in the quote unquote music industry, but I guess that was like my first entry into the actual industry, right? Being in the room <laughs> with
0: yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. no. I mean, I it, to me, uh, being a DJ is always fascinating. I've been in the music business for a long time myself. I had a record yeah. label. But I really, I always fascinated. I always wanted to learn how to DJ. So what I made mean, you, was, like when you went to college? Like, did you have the turntables? You had the I whole thing set up?
1: I don't think I was very good. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I it was like a default. Like, I went to try out for soccer, and uh-huh. I didn't make it. I wasn't prepared. I hadn't intended to try out. I was. I played in high school. Um, wow. and I ended up there DJing on the radio, the graveyard shift, all of my listeners were local prisoners, very kind people who would uh-huh. call in and, you know, compliment the music I was playing and, and my voice. And uh-huh. I ended up borrowing the turntables the radio station had and all of the records the radio station had to then go nice. out and do parties. Wow. And it just it just worked and then eventually I convinced my dad to buy my own turntables (laughs) and I started collecting my own records Um, I was gonna
0: say that you must have a massive or huge vinyl collection I did and Mm. then
1: unfortunately in my early 20s um during a transitional time In order to pay the rent, I sold everything, which I regret hugely. Probably
0: you would sold it to triple right now, if not even more.
1: If yeah, I think more. Yeah, I had a great. I had a whole setup in my apartment in Brooklyn. It was it was cool. I was really used to be cool. Yeah.
0: What type of music mostly you played? Um, All uh, hip all
1: hip hop, like all All early, all like eighties, nineties hip hop. Yeah, and like I guess early early two thousands. Yeah, so all Mm. like Biggie, Tupac, Mob Deep um stuff like that
0: fascinating i mean you know this is the root of starting in the music business to I do guess, something but... actually in the music yes to learn the basics of it even
1: but i didn't know i was just like doing it it wasn't like i don't think i knew like i never intended to be like in the business i guess i just kind of so did when it. i
0: say you are one of the icons or one of the, the, the women who opened the door for other women to be DJs in the business back in the day, because there weren't many, you know, that when I first started, there weren't many. The only, you can count them in your hand. Mostly a lot of guys in the business. DJ. Yeah.
1: But yeah. I wasn't, you know, I never was like a famous DJ or anything like that. So I, I don't know about that. Who well, you
0: are now. But uh <laughs> not no, a DJ, but, but, in but the I music exist, business.
1: but I existed and I DJed. so if other yeah. females saw that and uh-huh. thought, Oh, I could do that then yes, but I was it wasn't you know, it wasn't but also like celebrity DJs were not like a thing. No like I they see. are now so yes yeah. back
0: then Yeah. so being a dj and playing hip hop working the turntables and all of that uh, how did that influence your decision making in the corporate music world because it a yes. big transition from that end to the other end
1: so i i um how did it af- affect my decision about going into the corporate world or how does it affect the way i sort of behave in the corporate world i just want to clarify that well
0: question. i would say um uh, how should I say, paving the path or the way? Like, how did that make certain decision? You know, being a DJ, obviously, in yeah. college, uh, kind of helped you uh, to advance yourself in the in the music corporate world.
1: So, I think just having been a DJ and having been um, an engineer and spending a lot of time in the studio, watching people making records and doing my best to help people make records. Um, because I was not a stellar engineer, either, (laughs) Mm. Um, really uh, gave me the ability to communicate well with creatives um, and really um, authentically be like an ally and someone who actually understands the process that they go through to make music. Um, And I think when I first started in the quote, unquote, like corporate world, it was in music publishing. And my job was to work with writers and producers is an artist to, you know, help them collaborate, create songs. And then um, if they weren't artists themselves releasing the songs to pitch those songs to other artists for placement. Um, And I think, you know, I just like it, you know, it struck a chord with a lot of the people that I went to sign um, mm. that I could be, that I could sort of speak their language. And then also it gave me a lot of problem solving abilities when they would call me from the studio or certain things would happen that maybe somebody who hadn't had that experience wouldn't understand, but I understood sort of everything they were talking about and maybe you spoke the language Absolutely. Yeah.
0: You spoke the language and you understood everything, what's going on. Yes. And yeah. that sometimes is this. the missing. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, sometimes that's the missing connect key between people in the music uh, corporate side and the artists who are, yeah. yes, absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, you've been around some incredible names, uh, such Pharrell, Mark Robinson, John Legend, and can you share some memorable moments that uh, working with one of these uh, iconic artists?
1: Yeah, you mean to say Mark Ronson?
0: My, what did I say? Mike? Robinson. My, no, you R- Robinson. I'm sorry.
1: Thank no, you for correcting
0: bad. me. Thank you for okay, correcting that's why I'm here. Yes. Anyone
1: needs anyone needs yes. someone someone to correct them? Come to me.
2: Yes, um, That's it. Yeah.
1: So first of all I'll say those three particular people and Ludacris, who's someone I worked with, are like just some of the nicest people in the entire industry. Yes. So I've been very, very lucky um to work with really kind acts who were big when I met them, but really have gone on to be like superhuman. <laughs> Obviously, Mark and uh, and John and and everybody,
2: um, oh, yeah.
1: Pharrell, of course. Now he's a creative director at Louis Vuitton. Um, Correct. So I have a lot of stories. Um, I'd Please. say like one of Share. my favorite <laughs> stories yeah. is a. I have like a couple Pharrell stories. Um, when I worked with Pharrell at Sony. Um, I was an assistant engineer, so I was like the lowest on the food chain you could get. That is like running errands for people, cleaning the studios, um, yes, doing patch bays and SSL stuff, but you were really assisting the engineer and you were really assisting the room. Yeah. But, and Pharrell at the time was working on his a mixtape called In My Mind um, mm-hmm. that he was doing in conjunction with DJ Drama. And he's just, the, he's just the nicest human being in the world. And there was a um, song called Shine. I think it's called Shine. I have to look back. And he needed like a female talking voice. And he asked me to do it. And so oh. I ha- I spoke in the song. I don't sing or anything like that. But the story is at some point, he was able to, no surprise, get supermodel Carolina Krkova to replace my vocals. And when she came into the studio, he kind of like pulled me aside and he's like, we're going to replace your vocals. Like, I'm sorry. You know, like he was just like so nice about it, like didn't want to hurt my yeah. feelings. I'm like, I get it. It's Carolina <laughs> Krkova. Like, go do your thing. Um, and just was like a really nice guy about it. and was really fun. I don't yeah. have those dem- demos or anything like that. That would be cool to hear.
0: The mixtape's really yes. good. Yeah, yeah. it's one story. Yeah. And the second, do you said two, so that's enough. Well, Mine's I have enough. a few.
1: I mean, I can give John, John. Um, I give John credit for turning me onto uh, Virgin America, which doesn't exist mm. anymore. But yes. there was a time I was working with him independently and flying between New York and LA, and at the time he was booking his own flights. Um, he probably still is today he's just like that kind of like down to earth guy Uh, maybe not with four kids but uh (laughs) and I remember him helping me book a flight in Virgin America and then that became like my absolute favorite airline until um they had to they sold it to Alaska
0: so we're with the John Legend yeah so thank
1: you he's a great Um, travel assistant
0: yeah Uh, You worked, your journey, obviously, um, it took you from Sony to InGroove, which is universal and now running your own company. Um, How did that experience working for such major companies or major distribution company or labels shape your approach as a business owner?
1: So um, I essentially operate my business. I would say almost like completely opposite of any of the way any of those major corporations function. And I don't know if that's like intentional or not, but, um, I operate my business very much, um, on gut and sort of flow, meaning not every day is planned out. I don't have, you know, a super fancy tracking system for my to-dos and my KPIs. And all of these mm-hmm. things, nor do I overthink, um, let's say if I'm taking on a new client, uh, you know, whereas if you're signing an act to a publisher, or distributor, or label, there's like a huge vetting process that you go through, which I completely understand, because usually you're giving in advance and you really need to mm-hmm. analyze the economics mm-hmm. of the deal as well as Correct. understand. The talent and the team, and there's lots of dynamics before you want to make an investment. Sure. I tend to make investments, whether they're on time or um energy or just bringing people into the fold, much more based on gut and like emotional intelligence. So, you go with the flow. Relations. What are you saying? I like a very go with the flow, yeah, which is not uh-huh. a very corporate thing. Um, and it helped
0: you, it helped you a lot.
1: I mean. It's working for me, but I'm not saying yeah. it's the best. You know, I'm not saying you should. I'm not. You know, I don't want to tell anyone to just sort of like
0: Follow wake up model.
1: every morning and then just you know figure figure the- out what we're going to do. It might not work for everyone, but for me, it works. I know what you know. I know what my priorities are. Um, I take a lot of notes. You'll see, I have like ten notepads, and then I have like notes in my calendar and stuff like that. I've tried to use like programs. You know, like um, Monday.com and at InGrooves, we had Salesforce. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've tried to use more um, systems, I guess, but mm-hmm. they don't, I find them to be um, restricting
0: mm, interesting. for me. Yeah. Yes. Listen, I mean, it's always you do what works for you. And that's in, the, yeah. in the, any business, especially in the music business. But anything like if you do what works for you. Every yeah. experience, everybody's experience is totally different. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes. also, like, I don't always know what I'm going to need to attend to on a particular day. Like I can go into a day, you know, intending to execute on certain things. And then all of a sudden I get a phone call <laughs> from a client and it just the whole the whole day shifts.
2: So changes
0: everything. Yeah. Okay. Um you worked while you work in InGrooves uh was marked by significant changes in the industry. And how did you adapt to the shift to these shift that took place and you learned from that experience and how did you learn from it? Or what did you learn from it, I should say.
1: Yeah, so when I was at InGrooves, yeah. I have to say I was in the more like traditional vertical of the company. So I went into the rights services team, which is essentially publishing and neighboring rights. And Mm -hmm. I I wouldn't say that we, that particular team at the time was on like the forefront of technology. It was really just, um, I would say like a rights services division within a larger tech technology, uh, um, technology company. Um, so at that time, I, there wasn't that much adapting to do, but I do Mm. remember being, um, at sort of like an all hands summit in California where the whole company was there from all the different divisions. And I remember attending a lot of seminars there, um, specifically one on YouTube content ID and what that meant for monetization and how that worked. And at the time I had like, I had no idea what they were talking about. YouTube content ID was not, um,
2: Something just a part of my you.
1: everyday yes. vocabulary, um, yet. Yeah. Um, although it, I would go on to and to this day work with you to Content ID very closely, so yes. they certainly were on it. You know, Back at the then. early stages, yes. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, and I'm sure many other people were too. I, my mind just hadn't like quite shifted into that world yet, and I hadn't been Got working it. in that space. Yeah, I was still very much in like a creative space. Whereas now, I, I I am a creative person, but I'm much more on business and strategy and rights and royalties and and.
0: Um, I, I remember Ingroup like started as a what, vinyl distributor back in the day, weren't they? When I'm they not first sure. started, um, I think so. if I'm I mean, not mistaken. it's always yeah, but they grew well, fast. They were on right, it.
1: and then they had yeah. right, probably because I think they had either acquired or started a company called Fontana, which I think was their. Distribution, their physical distribution arm.
0: Oh, um, so that's what got them into certain stores and certain things. Yeah, I yeah, guess.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, they I were never, doing things
0: are different. Yeah, a little bit different. They yeah, were like new the new hip company. the yeah.
1: founder Rob, um, he's gone on to you know start numerous other successful technology companies after Ingrush. So I didn't get cool. a lot of crossover with him, but yeah, he's definitely an entrepreneur in the space and was doing things first.
0: Well. Talk about a per- little bit of your personal balancing motherhood uh, and yeah. with a successful career is a remarkable achievement. I could tell you that. Thank you. And, you it's know, exhausting. <laughs> kids always more attached to the mom than the dad. I could say that myself. And, you know, for our listeners who are also parents and uh, like, can you share some of the insights or some tips? Have you managed the balance between being a mom and also being and, and thriving in your career and your business?
1: Yeah. So, you know, first of all, full disclosure to everyone watching this, as I said to Bob, before we started, started this conversation, heads up, (laughs) my child came home from sick school today. He's very upset that I'm doing this interview and not with him. And he may burst in any time. Somehow he's in his room quiet right now, but anything can change. So just to say, I deal with it every day. Um, I, often feel like I am not thriving at either, frankly. Um, there are many times that I'm you know, on my phone or working when he wants my attention or I'm with him and I am missing work things. Um, you really just like get up every day and do the best that you can do. I mean, mm-hmm. my son is more important than my work at the end of the day, 100%. So when push comes to shove, Uh, I'm always going to choose him and my family over work. Um, I'm lucky, I guess, that I'm in a position to do that. Um, He's seven years old. I've been picking him up and dropping him off at school every day for his school years. And I hope to be able to continue to do that. But, you know, last week I was in Amsterdam for ADE. I left for four days. Um, It was was great. Uh, But at the airport, I was texting my husband saying, I feel so bad for leaving for four days. Like, I felt very guilty, but yes. they survived. I got a lot of work done, you know. So maybe I don't give my son and my, you know, maybe I don't give them enough credit and it's more me who's like missing. Um, but you just, you just do the best you can. I don't have any, like, I really don't have any, like, uh, so what are you saying advice, to our but listeners?
0: But a lot doable. of friends.
1: Yes. It's doable. And I have a lot yes. of uh, very senior level friends who have kids and some days they're having a great day at work and some days, you know, everyone at home is sick and they're, you know, working at home with babies crying all over them and they're exhausted and it's hard. It's just like, yes, you know, it
0: is you just do the best
1: you can. It is, but it you is it, it is
2: doable. Yes. Yeah, it is. I'm trying. I'm For trying. our
0: listeners, it is doable. Don't yeah. give up. Absolutely. Uh, The music industry known for its challenges and its setbacks. Can you share some of the difficult moments that you faced and how did you overcome it?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, great question. I've had many setbacks. I can say that, um, you know, for example, when I was at InGrooves for Mm -hmm. four years, uh before i left to start my own company um i had already started about thinking my own thinking about starting my own business but i hadn't done yet and actually ingrooves let me go i was let go from ingrooves i didn't choose to leave um and that was a big shock to the system and very difficult to deal with and also felt really scary and bad and just like all the things but in the end i was able to sort of turn it around and build the company that i have now um but that was you know that was not easy a lot of tears were shed um and yeah i mean you just sort of have to again just keep getting up every day and and doing you know even one small thing making even one connection sending one email you know when you're feeling like sort of like what's the next step and then you you know Keep striving. Just like work, you just keep striving, yeah.
0: Yes, well, bravo. I mean, I there's like
1: others, but I'm not yes. ready to share them yet.
0: No, it's okay. It's <laughs> okay. okay. You know, you know it's many. not easy. But yeah. you know what? I mean, that's what the whole show is about, the soundbreakers and the inspiration, the stories. Like, it's not – everybody complain. I complain many times, and people complain, oh, it's not easy. I've been through it all, and I know it's just about getting up, as you say, and keep doing, as long as you go, one – Step forward every day, half a step, as long as yeah. you can keep and on. Like forward. literally
1: yes. anything, yeah. Yes, I mean, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah, and and also like leaning on your friends and your network, yes. and not being afraid to ask.
0: For yes. Help. Yeah. <laughs> That's very inspiring. Um, in your opinion, what is the uh, most common misconception about the music business or the music industry?
1: That it's like super fun and glamorous, <laughs> <laughs> of which. It can be a small percent of the time, but mostly it's like it's a literal, constant, exhausting hustle to the point that I am sometimes shocked that records get released. Like if you knew the process, like if you knew if everyone really knew what it takes to, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, create, distribute and promote a record, you'd be shocked that so much music is out in the
0: <laughs> yes, yes, It has yes.
1: of course amazing moments, amazing people, um fun stuff yes. to do. But it's a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And there's really no shutting off. It's not like I stop on the weekend. Yes. Um it just Oof. keeps going
0: that's it yes yes yeah um i hope i'm not asking the same question again but it's i talk about collaboration and collaboration is basically one of the key elements in our business uh you know it's one of the main things uh could you share a memorable collaboration or story with someone that you work with that left an impact on you till this
1: yeah so i was thinking about this earlier and my mind is not going to one specific collaboration. But what I can say about collaboration is that it exists in everything we do. So for example, if I am representing an artist or a producer or a writer, and that person Mm -hmm. has worked on a song with three or four other people, and Mm -hmm. we go in to negotiate splits, that is like a collaboration with all of the managers or representatives of those people. Because oftentimes there's not alignment on, you know, who should be receiving what percent and who contributed what. And so you're always collaborating with other people in the industry to sort of to how how do I want to say this, Um, you know, to find a solution, whether it's, you know, finalizing the negotiation of a deal or finalizing song splits for finalizing like a licensing deal of music into a music tech platform. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like everything I do is collaboration and is, you know, trying to find a common ground, frankly, um, and a mutually beneficial situation for whoever, whatever parties we're working on.
0: So finding the solution, always the key in the collaboration, uh, situation that you, I mean,
1: there have been like a few instances where, uh, no solution has been found and that, can happen and unfortunately yeah. that just leaves everyone in a position where they're not yeah. getting compensated for the work they've done
0: i see um coming to a very the big question a big elephant in the room everybody's scared of technology you know and the music yeah. business is all about if it's not broken why fix it um yeah. technology as you all, we all know uh, changed the uh, the music business or landscape and uh, how, I would say, how have the advancement in technology influenced your work and, in the music industry?
1: Yeah, so it's it hasn't influenced my workflow because <laughs> I still <laughs> use, like, notepads yeah. and pens to get things done. But as far as um, the pressure it's put on creatives... Uh to um not only create more music and put more music out and put music out more often but also Mm -hmm. to supplement that with all the other content that they are supposed to be you know putting out on all the various social platforms speaking just specifically to that technology um i think it's it's um more, it's like, there's more um, pressure for them to manage. And therefore, if you're working with creatives, there's more pressure on those people to sort of help them navigate it. Cause it's a very, um, it's very hard to keep up with. And it doesn't always have like the best return on investment, like just because you post something on TikTok yeah. does not automatically mean you're going to be, you know, a huge TikTok star. Um, And we add the word
0: AI to technology also. Oh, yeah. I mean, changed.
1: yeah, and that, you know, obviously is like the thing that everyone wants to talk about right now. And I talk about it like all the time. I've been on numerous panels about it and numerous conferences. I mean, it's here. It's happening.
0: Um,
1: There's good use cases and bad use cases. And I think, you know, we're just going to have to figure it out. But it doesn't really scare me. Yeah, I mean, I think ideally it's, it's additive, it's additive, not supplemental.
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. There may, s- there will be a lot of adjustment and changes as we've been hearing about and seeing, obviously. But that's part of every technology. Every time there's a new technology, a new way yeah. that comes in of doing things. Yes, absolutely. yeah. I
1: mean, it's like we all we all listen to music. Well, I listen to music on Walkmans, <laughs> then see, <seat, laughs> then Discmans. Then iPods, and now on my phone or on my computer. Yes. You know, so it just evolves, and you kind of just yes. go, go with it. Yes. Yeah.
0: So how do you stay updated uh, on the latest trends and yeah. innovation that changes in the industry?
1: So I try as much as I can to read everything that comes out, but yeah. it is literally impossible. There's so much out there talking about all the different things um, that are happening in the industry. So really, I rely on my network. There's a lot of times I see an article headline. I don't have the bandwidth to read it. And I will literally just text a friend and be like, give me the like cliff notes <laughs> on this because I'm sure yeah. I need to know about it. But you're an expert in this space or you wrote the article or whatever it is. So can you just like talk me through it real quick? Yeah. Um, I also work with and have a lot of, you know, a lot of young and up and coming executives. Um, I'm always, trying to be one, just as a human being friendly to everybody at every level, just because I believe that's what you should do. But two, mm-hmm. it's like, the younger generation is the generation that's picking things up faster. And that yeah. knows where things are going next. So I'm, you know, even like at song trader at a very large team. Um, mm. And some people have stayed and some people have left and they were, you know, I would say on the younger side compared to me, and I still talk to a lot of them all the time, you know, because they just know. They just know what's happening, and they just have more bandwidth to absorb yeah. it. I don't have as much bandwidth, like jumping from work to motherhood to everything else.
2: Um, yes.
0: There's only
1: so much my brain can hold.
0: You work for Song Trader, or you work with them, with the company? No, yeah, I worked with, for
1: them for two years.
0: Oh, oh, you did. Okay, great. Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah, I know you're going to have Paul on. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I worked directly Paul's with great. Paul. Yeah, I love Paul. yes, yeah. yes absolutely. Great. You know, uh, and they're doing great, obviously. You know, we in a business, they call it, there's a lot of gate keep keeping in in yeah. this business. Yes. And I know a lot of our listeners, they, you know, seek in a breakthrough to succeed through that gatekeeping or kept kind of industry. Uh, can you share some of the insights and how individual navigate through these challenges? And we yeah. can also talk about your, I would like to also talk about you. how do you raise money and all of that to help some of the people who are also looking to, they have new tech business ideas in the music industry and how to raise money, how to do the steps, obviously, and how can they reach you and all of that, yeah.
1: So as far as the gatekeeping goes, yes, you know, you can't, some people are accessible and some people aren't. So you can't really change another person's behavior. Like if someone feels that they need to gatekeep, and that's their attitude. It's going to be very hard to break through that person to get what you want unless you have like a warm connection to them, right like' you find somebody else who knows them and then connects you and I've written about this quite a bit. Um, I've written a few articles on LinkedIn that actually talk a little bit about networking and relationship building
2: mm-hmm. so mm-hmm.
1: you know it really is a relationship based business um
2: right.
1: in terms of just getting things done, getting people to sign off on things, getting people to collaborate. So as much as one can network, you know, Mm -hmm. every one person you meet opens up your circle to another five people opens up, you know, and it just snowballs. So just getting out there, whether it's in person at events, whether it's on LinkedIn, um, just continuing to meet new people. Mm -hmm. Um, but not in a way that you're always necessarily asking for something, just in like a genuine way of like, I'm literally just expanding my network and like if you can help me, great. And if I can help you, I'm here to help you. Like I think that's kind of the best approach. Of course, lots of people are trying to sell you know, sell yes. music or sell a product or whatever. And that's
0: Yes. That Open is just what it is. It's business, yes. of course. Correct. You've got to yes.
1: You've got to do your business. But um if you're doing like that, groundwork of just general networking at the same time that you're going out and doing basically sales, because everything is sales essentially at the end of the day, then you'll have sort of, you know, a body of people to fall on that may be able to help you along the way at some point.
0: Good, uh, uh, good tip and insight. And also in regards to what you do regarding helping people uh, with startups, uh, raising yeah. money or getting investors or, you know.
1: I mean, there's, it's, again, it's a, it's a matchmaking thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not. Do you also help ice. them with
0: pitch, creating their own pitch deck or only just raising um, money?
1: So I get feedback on pitch decks. I'm not the mm-hmm. person you want to create a pitch deck. <laughs>
0: um
1: <laughs> I could use my own pitch deck. I'm not uh, too savvy savvy yes. and, uh, canva although i've tried and many people know yeah. i've complained about it but of course i give feedback on decks in terms of you know one if it even makes sense because sometimes people yeah. try and come into the industry who are not from the music industry and yeah. what they're putting in a deck is like not the right thing for the audience they're going after like you have to understand that um yeah. So of course I'll always give feedback on that um, and help people make tweets and stuff like that, uh, especially on like the copy side and the writing. And then as far as the fundraising goes, um, like putting two writers together, like placing a song with an artist, it's matchmaking. Certain investors wanna invest at a certain stage in a company's trajectory and they're interested in specific, um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, specific uh, things. Um, Some want to do AI, some want production tools, some want fan engagement, some want creator economy. Um, So my job is to um, know the players, know what they're looking at, know where they like to jump in on on the investment trajectory, and also know their personalities, get to know the founders, and then, you know, make a match where I can.
0: Got it. How important is a pitch deck? Is it really important? Uh, Or you selling yourself. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and there's two sides of it. One is the pitch deck, weed, and then you. You got to sell yourself or sell the product.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. You definitely need one, right? mm -hmm. Unless, I don't know that anyone would invest in a company without seeing some idea of what the company is and what its goals are and what its financials are. Mm-hmm. but it's not as important as the person um the way they work the way they approach things their ability to execute and their vision mm-hmm. the best pitch deck is not going to land you an investment you have mm-hmm. to land you. the investment yeah
0: got it got it interesting that's a very helpful tip for everybody out yeah. there yeah
1: but you do need yes. it so you can't just like be like hey come meet with me i have an idea you know you need to put something that people can see
0: They need to read it. They need to go back to it and ask certain questions. Yeah. Or just, or
1: just be able to have like a visual representation, high level view of, you know, the problem, the solution, the traction, the ask, and then what are you using the ask for?
0: I see. Interesting. Interesting. I'm sure there's a lot of details data, the percentages when somebody invests in the company, what, what kind of percentages well, yeah, they get. That,
1: or... But that comes later, right? So that mm-hmm. comes when you have someone com- ready to, to commit yeah. to an investment and or show interest. But even okay. like, getting to that stage, once it's you're there, minute. then you figure yeah. that out. Sure. Yeah. That's easier, I think.
0: Well, these available insights, that's for sure. Uh, I'm sure our listeners, they'll find all of this incredibly helpful. Uh, before stuff. we wrap it up, anything you want to promote is something that you want to surprise us with you working on, you <laughs> want to drop something, Yeah, a new technology, See, not... a new release, a
1: Yes, I've just invented a new technology this morning. I can't wait. Yeah. It's going to change the music industry forever <laughs> and uh-huh. everyone should buy it right now. Now, um, I would say one tip is don't tell people you're revolutionizing the music industry because. It's just not like anyone who says I'm going to change everything right now with one thing I am running away from. But Uh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, just I'm here. My job is to help connect dots. So um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, I I have started working with a couple of different organizations um, who are also sort of in the space of accelerating for music tech startups. One is the ADE startups they just started this year which is why i was in amsterdam and we had an initial class of eight startups that were all being paired with as mentors and that was great and i've also just joined the advisory board for a new um organization called music tech uk which is also there to help um advocate for startups and facilitate um you know movement in the industry so to speak i know i'm not like i know i'm letting all the marketing people down but um <laughs> i like to be very involved in sort of mentoring and yes. organizations that are trying to be helpful
0: wow.
1: um yeah nothing really too specific
0: hey you know what you have a lot of ideas and a lot of tips and a lot of things that people could actually use and help and we'll put your information anyhow for okay. sure yes well thank you for joining us today i'm and happy to this be concludes- here. thank you Yes. And this concludes today's episode of Soundbreakers. Uh, Soundbreaker, please make sure to follow us on our social media and stay tuned for our next episode. Thank you and see ya. This podcast is presented by Music Dash, world's first AI powered independent distribution CMS. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to share the Soundbreaker podcast. And if you are joining us on YouTube, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. Until next time.